I appreciate very much you sharing that story because, um, well, for a number of reasons, I suppose. One is that uh, it really demonstrates the way in which you, we lack the ability to predict the things that are going to happen to us. Mm-hmm. Um, you are somebody who, to that point, was a very healthy person. You're a runner, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, a runner, an athlete, and everything else, you boxed. We talked about that previously, so you can't be unhealthy and do that. I mean, mm-hmm. um, and yet this thing happened by, by very freak accident. Did you, yeah. did you struggle with that at all? Like just the randomness of it? Um, you know, honestly, I just kind of, again, rolled with the punches. I, I figured, mm-hmm. you know, my, my life has been, I want to say uneventful, but I've been, you know, rather blessed in many ways because, you know, I haven't, you know, I, there's some, you know, uh, sad things that have happened in my life, but it, everyone has those. And I've, you know, I've, I've made some good choices, which have, you know, positively impact my life in many ways. And so, yeah, marry your wife. Thinking, you can meet me. I understand yeah. That you know, so, yeah. Uh, exactly. no, I get that. Yeah. There you go. So, uh, so <laughs> anyway, um, you know, I, I felt that with the amount of support that, uh, had come to my fa- to me and my family from everyone for me to, you know, be angry or upset or, uh, angst ridden would be a, a sign of disrespect. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. You know, because, you know, you know, uh, one of Becky's uh, high school friends set up a GoFundMe account, uh, oh, yeah. for us. Yeah. And that, uh, you know, that alone, helped us defray some of the, you know, the cost for me not being able to, to work because I ran out of uh, sick days pretty quickly. Yeah, I would imagine. And so, you know, that really helped out a lot. And so for me to be, you know, wh- you know all whiny and everything, um, you know, would be, like I said, a sign of disrespect and kind of poo-pooing on all their efforts to help us out. And so I, I felt that it was my duty to... Yeah, kind of look at the positive side of things and, and try to spin things in, in a positive way. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, in fact, uh, I'm currently in, involved in a contest with Runners World. I um, wanted to talk about this, so I'm glad you brought it up. I wanted okay. to give I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about. It. So yeah, please okay. tell everybody. Yeah, yeah. Well, this uh, there's this uh, cover search for runner's world where I think it's the, the, the November, December issue of 2016. They're okay. going to have a male and female runner uh, on the cover and they're going to present their um, breakthrough moment. Yeah. And currently they're in the first stage of the contest where, you know, you have people voting for the various entrants. And they're over yeah. 600. I'm in fact number 600. And I, I blame myself because I kind of, uh, fell behind and entering because I tried earlier and, uh, and they had a, um, a file size limit of, uh, of two, uh, two, uh, two megs. And my picture's always so big. But then when I find, you know, one that went out of try and, oh, it doesn't, it's not working. Something would come up, you know, being a father of three little kids, you know, sure, it's always coming up. Yeah. And, and you know, and so um, I finally got around to it last week and I put it up and, and I've gotten some, I've gotten some hints, uh, some hits on it, uh, which is good. Uh, but the voting is only 10% of it. Okay. Um, if the, uh, you know, if the judges feel that your story is worthy enough, they're going to call and interview you. And, and then, you know, based on that, they'll, they'll whittle it down to the top eight. And then I'm not exactly sure what it is from there, if they're going to have another poll or whatnot. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'm currently doing. And the reason why I'm doing it is because I want to inspire people to keep pushing forward and, and be positive about uh, trials that they're facing. Oh, yeah. You Absolutely. know, uh, 
I think about if, you know, if I had got gone negative in my response to what's happened to me, I really don't think I would be um, in the shape I am now. Sure. Yep. Um, I think that a lot of things would have, uh, you know, I, I would, I, you know, I, I guess I can't say what would have happened, but it would not, uh, would not have been as, I would not be in the place I am now. And I'm in a very good place. Like, uh, mm-hmm. last, uh, last month I, uh, performed in a, uh, Spartan race. Yeah. And, uh, for those who don't know what a Spartan race is, a Spartan race is a, uh, Three to four sprint. Crazy thing that some people do. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a three to five mile race. Mine happened to be three and a quarter and five and a quarter miles. But you know, you do a bunch of obstacles, you climb walls, you throw a javelin, you you know, it's all kinds of crazy things. Mm-hmm. And um and so it's something that I don't think I, I could have done if I didn't keep a positive uh, outlook on things. Yeah. I, um, okay. I have a lot of things to say about that and I will try to keep them concise. Um, okay. That, what you just said resonates with me. And I think the listeners of this program in a big way, because, uh, at least speaking for myself, having gone through the things that I experienced, um, as a paramedic and then going to Afghanistan and all the stuff that happened there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then trying to deal with the fact that like, Oh, you're a person that has post-traumatic stress. Like that's a thing you have now. Um, throughout that, I have said this a couple of times on the show. So I'm sorry to those of you that listen all the time that I'm repeating myself, but it is a, a, a real truth that needs to be repeated, which is that throughout that, I always had the feeling that things are going to get better than this. That, mm-hmm. you know, or, or perhaps better said is that things are meant to be better than they are. And just that kind of sense that there was something bigger going on and going, yes, this, this situation I'm in sucks and it's unfair and I wouldn't wish it on anybody. Um, that being said, I am in it. And because I am in it, I am choosing to believe that better things are going to come from it. Because mm-hmm. if I don't, the alternatives are terrible, you know. Um, yeah. The, the, there's nothing good in the alternatives to those things. Mm-hmm. And so the reason I love what you're saying is because it is very much the thing that uh, I say all the time to people. I guess I just like being affirmed maybe. But yeah. that, you know, in these struggles, it's, it's, accept- it's not only acceptable. It is perfectly natural to recognize the fact that like, yeah, this is a terrible thing that's happening, but there's also, there is to be found in that a significant amount of hope. And when you were talking to me about the people that were surrounding you, the phrase that I wrote down in my crazy notes that I keep here are, it was, and I circled a bunch of times was surrounded by hope. You had, and tell me if this is wrong, but it seems as though you had no choice, but to be hopeful given all of the people that surround you and the situation you're in, it's just the, uh, this is the, I, I, I have to believe that it will get better than this. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm not sure if it were a choice I, you know, I made at the time. I think, you know, in, in retrospect it is a choice that I de- definitely made. But I, yeah. I just feel that at the time I was like, okay, well, this is what we do. Yeah. You know? Oh, there's something. You know what, Chris? There's something to that too. And I think it's, you're, you're saying it, you're, you're getting at what I meant to say, which is that it's not even so much I choose to believe this. It's that this is what happens. This is the thing. And, and what's beautiful about the story you just told is that it is a representation of um, what humanity is capable of doing. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's the people being there for each other to the extent that, uh, to the extent that you didn't 
another alternative never entered your mind. And my story is very similar that when I was struggling with my depression, anxiety, and before I was diagnosed with all of these things, I was very much thinking, I, I, I look back on it now. I did not have the awareness at the time to know this, but looking back on it now, I can say with affluent certainty that if I had not had the people around me that I did, I probably would have become a statistic instead of somebody that gets to tell people about the story of hope that I have. And I think that your story is very similar to that, that had you not been surrounded by, you know, we can talk, I could talk for days about um, the disease and uh, your health and how your health as an individual contributed to your ability to fight off and invading bacteria. I could talk forever about that. With that being said, I've been in enough of these situations to know that the support network people have around them tends to matter way more than the individual person and their own health. And Mm -hmm. there's something to that. It speaks to the, the essence of humanity and the essence of community that we can't do this by ourselves and that um, without other people, we become something that is very much, how do I want to say this, anti what we're meant to be, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, the, I got off on a no, whole thing there. No, no. And, you know, and, and what you're, but, you know, what you said was true that, you know, we are not islands. You know, we're all yeah. connected yeah. and, you know, your, your support system is, you know, it's there, but you also have to be willing to accept it. Yeah. Oh I yeah. Mean, That's so big. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people, they, uh, they, for whatever reason, whether it be pride or, um, you know, a, a you know, some sort of, uh, I want to say mental deficiency, definitely, but some kind of um, roadblock keeping them from accepting help. You know, it, it 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 hinders their ability to recover from something as traumatic as this. Sure. Yeah. You know, and 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 I have to say that you know, and this is not me being, uh, you know, thinking I am, uh, you know, all that in a bag of chips, but. Yeah. I have sometimes I have a hard time wrapping my head around how tough it was for me to get to where I was, you know, yeah. just because, you know, the support system that we had, you know, it made so many things so much easier. I could just focus on the task at hand. Yeah. Yeah. But, you oh, know, yeah, sure. Definitely. But I mean, it it was tough. I just, it, I just can't, you know, because for, like I said, for the first week I was unconscious for it. I don't know how tough it was. Yeah. I, I I can't consciously speak to that. I, I know how hard it was to do the uh, physical and occupational therapy, you know, mm-hmm. to get to, to, you know, to the point where I could do pull-ups and virtually everything I could before I was, um, you know, I was, I was in the hospital. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, it is, you know, the the amount of help you're willing to accept and, the, you know, the people you have around you. Well, you know what, Chris? Difference. I'll tell you something. You said earlier when you were talking about boxing, and I circled it, and it's funny that it came back to this. You spent the first two weeks working on stance, and I wrote underneath that foundation. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's so... It might not be fascinating, but it is at least speaks to a truth, which is that you spend the first two weeks of learning to fight, uh, building your foundation because mm-hmm. you can't go in the ring. I'm tell me if any of this is wrong, but you can't go in the ring against somebody and expect to win unless your foundation is solid. And your story yeah. is very, very analogous to that. You can't go in the ring against necrotizing fasciitis and expect to come out victorious unless you have the solid foundation of the people you had around you and the attitude that you had. I mean, it, it, it the, the, the analogous is really the only way I can use it. It's so those two stories uh, really seem to be on the same track to me. 
that's very astute. I then, you know, I didn't make that connection, but I'm I'm happy you did because yeah, they do work together well. You know, they they, yeah. they, they do intersect there. Foundation, man. It's all about yeah. it's all about having that foundation. So you, that when you when the fight comes, because it's going to, you know, mm-hmm. regardless of who you are. Um, and what situation you're in. Not everyone's going to get necrotizopaxiitis. In fact, a very small percentage of the population, as I'm sure you're aware, will actually yeah. ever get it. But that being said, everybody's going to have, everybody will have that moment where they step into the ring at least once, if not a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. And unless they've learned their stance and their, you know, it, it, you, you can't expect to come out because everything is built out of that. Uh, boy, I'm really latching onto that. There might be a, I might write a something about that. Later. All right. <laughs> hey man. So, okay. So we're coming up on the end. Um, first of all, I cannot thank you enough for doing this. This has been, if I'm allowed to be prejudiced, one of my favorite episodes, I think. Um, I, I appreciate that. No, no worries. Yeah, man. I, I really, I, I, I have always, uh, I think you and I have always gotten, gotten along and I feel bad that it took me doing a podcast for us to, uh, take the time to sit down and talk for two hours or whatever, you know, uh, I feel bad about that, but I feel like busy. So no worries. Um, so we, at the end, my friend, we do a little bit of rapid fire questioning where I just okay. ask you about stuff you like or whatever. Okay. So if you're down to do that, we'll do that sure. and then we'll wrap up. You're good. Sounds good. All right. Uh, the first question that I've never asked anybody before, but I've always wanted to, how do you like your eggs? Scrambled. You like them scrambled. You're a scrambled yeah. guy. I'm a scrambled guy. Well, once in a while I'll do a sunny side up, but you know, I think a scramble allows for a little more flexibility. Oh, cause you can put stuff in it. Yes. I'm there with you. Okay. Good deal. What, uh, are you guys Netflix people? You watch a bunch of Netflix? Uh, the kids mostly. Yeah. Yeah. What are you watching though? When, when Chris Gordon sits down to watch Netflix, what's he watching? Oh man. Well, you know, um, for, you know, at the beginning of the, well, in, in spring I was, uh, binging on Daredevil season two. Oh my gosh. I can talk. We could do a whole other podcast about yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they really uh, struggled with that. Um, But I've been trying to really get some time to uh, to watch the new uh, Voltron. Oh, okay. Season or series, Um, you know. But I have to tell you, Becky and I have been obsessed with Hamilton. Oh really? I the the musical the last couple of weeks, especially yeah. when we went to when we went to Boston, it was like, wow, this is almost perfect. Oh my gosh! So, yeah, I can't imagine. I yeah, haven't. So, uh, I, I haven't done that yet. I need to. You need to. It's it's well done. Is almost uh, an understatement. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, I want to tell you something quickly, which is that and I, the audience. I don't think I've talked about this before. Um, Daredevil is my absolute hands down favorite Marvel character, like All right. without a, without a doubt. And so when that series came out, uh, my roommate in the Navy, I told him, I was like, I don't know what you're doing this weekend, but Mar- but Daredevil comes out on Friday and I'm going to watch the entire thing this weekend. Like, there's no way I'm not. And so he was nice enough to, he's been on this episode, Jeff Payne episode six. I think for those of you who are wondering, um, we sat down and watched the entire thing in the span of like two days. And he would probably tell you, I was nerding out so hard on the whole thing. <laughs> like just every little nugget. I was like, okay, so here's who this guy might be. Okay. So, uh, this uniform, like the, uh, the costume he wears with the, um, with the, that's not a bandana, but I'll, that's what I'll call it, over his eyes in the first season. The mask, uh, yeah. Yeah, with the mask. I was like, so that's canon. And here's where that comes from. Like, just doing a lot of explaining of things that I'm sure he wasn't wondering about. But uh, I was so happy to see that do well, because that Ben Affleck movie is uh, really, really not good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of movies, 
I just had to nerd out about that for a minute. Uh, right. speaking, of, speaking of movies, uh, what's the last movie you saw in theaters? Oh, um, did you do, was it X-Men Apocalypse? I want to say is that. Yeah. That's, that's the last thing I saw too. What did you think of it? Oh, it was a, a huge swing and a miss. I, I thought, mm, I, I thought there were, I thought, that, well, I guess not totally a swing and a miss. I thought it was maybe, um, oh, it was a, a well-intentioned ground out the third. It, oh yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. There were a lot of, there were a lot of things that were promising that, uh, they really, uh, they really didn't, uh, complete Failed as well as they could have. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to spoil anything for anyone. Um, days of future past is much better, but then again, you, oh, have I agree. Yeah. you have to understand this is coming. I mean, this is three weeks after civil war. Yeah. And Captain America's Civil War was the pinnacle of superhero movies, in my in my opinion. So anything after that, I mean, that's a huge mark to reach. Yeah, so, totally um, agree. Yeah, and so I think there are some really good parts of uh, Apocalypse. I just think that uh, it just wasn't balanced. Yeah, I guess I the best way to say it. I, I've said a couple times in talking to you about this, because I, I agree with you. I thought Civil War was absolutely amazing. And I cannot for the life of me figure out why they didn't just push the release of Apocalypse to, like, June. Like, just push it to the next month. I, I, I really don't know why you, why you have the gall to try and release it the same month as Civil War, because that movie's really great. Yeah. Um, and let's see. As we finish the movies part, do you? I sometimes ask people favorite movie. What I want to ask you is, what movie would you recommend people watch that you don't think maybe they've seen? Uh, okay, I, I got a bit of a story to this. Um, yeah, go no. Go I'm gonna first. I'm gonna first say the the movie Blazing Saddles. Okay. And the movie is really good. And if you haven't seen it, shame on you. <laughs> yeah, the, and, the, and the reason why is that it's it was actually a very dangerous movie for Mel Brooks to make. Oh, sure. When you mm-hmm. think about the, uh, you know, it's in the mid-70s, the, the political climate, um, you know, we're coming off of the 60s, turbulent 60s with civil rights, and you're, you're coming into this movie, which just, flat, it just kind of throws every stereotype, you know, in terms of race, sexual orientation, yeah. um, you know, some religion in there. And it kind of, you know, spins it on its head in such a, in such a, a blatant way that yeah. you can't help but laugh at this movie. And it is, it's so well constructed and yeah. so, you know, and so expertly performed by everyone that, you can't, I mean, you, you have to, you have to openly want to not like it. Oh and, yeah. You know, well, because it's just yeah. so funny. And, and yeah. but I mean, there are, you know, there's some language and there obviously, but that's the, that's the beauty of it. It doesn't shy away from the issue. Yeah. And, and to, it seems to me that to not having seen that movie a bunch of times, if they were to not use that language, it would feel inauthentic. Like somebody yeah. told them, you can't say those words, you can't say those things. Like, and that wouldn't feel as funny, you know, or speak to the issues they're addressing as well. Yeah, it, it would. It would not. Yeah, it, it would definitely uh, not hold as much water in being such a, For sure. a cult, culturally relevant movie. Um, and so, I mean, I could watch that movie all day long. I do have some, I I have a bit of uh, random trivia about that, which is, and I would recommend to you and the listener that if you haven't listened to the Nerdist podcast uh, interview with Mel Brooks, he talks, I don't know, for like 10 minutes about Boys and Saddles and how it got made. And um, it was all, have you listened to this? 
Are you like D D? I have not, but I, I do know some of the backstory of the movie. So, but I'm in, I'm intrigued to hear what you have to say. Oh, I was going to say is really that um, I was fascinated by the fact that it's not really Mel Brooks by himself, that he had a collaboration. Like he, from what I understand from the interview, he told the people that wanted to make it, um, I will only do it if we can do it like we did show of shows and have mm-hmm. a writer's room. And they had Richard Pryor in the room, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty phenomenal. And he also, in the interview, digs into the history of all the people that are in that room. And it's yeah. like, I, I can't listen off the top of my head, but there are people in there that have written stuff that everybody has definitely heard of. And they were yeah. in the room for, to write uh, Blazing Saddles. And that all of the African-American jokes got ran by Richard Pryor. <laughs> that was like apparently the, uh, the last line of defense for that stuff. And yeah. uh, Mel says in the interview, he's like, I would run it by, I would say to Richard, bless it, bless it. I'm not even going to try and do a Mel impression, but um, you'd yeah. say, bless it, bless it. And sometimes Richard would say, okay. And then sometimes Richard would say, uh, no, that's just for brothers. That's what uh, Mel, that's Mel quoting Richard. But um, yeah. it is interesting that it became such an iconic part of Mel's canon. And yet it's, it's really not true Mel. Like, that's, that's what's fascinating about it to me. And I don't think he holds it in regard as one of his better, as one of his best movies. You know, I, I, yeah. every interview I've ever heard with Mel, he really is a guy who, he really likes 12 chairs and Young Frankenstein and like stuff like that. He didn't like the movies that, like, he didn't really care for, he, not that he didn't care for it. He apparently didn't show as much reverence as he thinks he should have for like Spaceballs. Um, and stuff like that. So the movies that we all think were his best movies, I don't think Mel would say are his best movies. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I've always been under the impression that, um, Blazing Saddles was it. I know a lot of people like Young Frankenstein and I, and I like that movie too. I just feel, you know, it was a perfect storm of talent and writing, as you said, and I, you know, I can't picture anyone but Cleavon Little being Sheriff Bart. Oh, yeah. Even yeah. Richard Pryor himself. Yeah. I mean, the, the way that, you know, he was so smooth and, and yeah. so, and the, the timing was so, it was so there. And, you know, with, with Richard Pryor, I got this sense that, you know, he, that he had this chip on his shoulder. Yeah. And, you know, with Cleavon Little, you know, with, with just with his dapper look, and the way he, he threw off those lines, you know, you just can't help but, you know, this is, this is Bugs Bunny in human form. You know, yeah. he does that oh, one, yeah. he does yeah. that one, uh, that one bit with the, uh, with Mongo and the exploding candy, you know, mm-hmm. that's, you know, which is total, you know, Bugs Bunny. <laughs> I think this is, you know, yeah. boom, a literally and figuratively, you know, that's him, you know, and I can't picture anyone else. Yeah, um, but my my story uh, with that is when I was in the hospital uh, for people, and you probably have seen this in hospital rooms of people who have extended stays. Um, yeah. they have this poster, and on the poster you have you know your name, blah blah blah, and all kinds of different questions. And one of the questions was favorite movie, and I, I thought about it, and I was like, yeah, I could go with the original trilogy. I could go with something from the MCU. But I thought, you know what, I want to put something that I would watch over and over again and I would not have a complaint about because I am a picky person when it comes to my fandom. Sure. And so I figured, you know what, Blazing Saddles. I would watch that all day long. Yeah. And one Monday, one of the, the head nurse came in and she was so excited. And she said, Chris, I, I have to tell you, I thought about you this weekend. I was at a garage sale and I found this and she hands me a copy of Blazing Saddles. And Get out of here. Uh-uh. <laughs> that is uh, the God's truth. That's too good. Yes. It is. It's one of my favorite, favorite, uh, memories of, uh, being in a hospital. Besides, oh, that's great. Besides, uh, you know, having beer with, uh, with Bill. I remember that picture on Facebook. I yeah. very distinctly remember it. Yes. Um, for those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, if you're not related to us, <laughs> yeah. probably most people. Um, my uncle, 
Chris's oh, father-in-law? Yeah, that's yep. right. Um, brought him a beer while he was in the hospital. And the caption, if I'm not mistaken, said something to the effect of doctor's orders, which I'm positive yes. was not true. <laughs> no, it is absolutely true. Oh, it was. One, uh, after, after surgery on a Friday, um, I got a little cheeky and I asked the doctor, Dr. Bakri, my, uh, uh, plastic surgeon, I said, um, but Chris, so, I'm sorry. How perfect was it that his name was Dr. Bakri, given yeah. how this podcast started? Go on. Exactly. I appreciate, I appreciate no symmetry. <laughs> um, so yeah, I asked him, um, so can I have a beer tonight? Yeah, I was kind of throwing it off, and, he, and I was expecting him to say no. He, and he, he thought about it for a second. And he goes, yeah, I think we're going to have one, too. And <laughs> just, just by the irreverence of his delivery alone, I thought that, okay, you know, you have one. So I called Bill, and I said, hey, you want to bring up a beer? Because, you know, this is like a month after I was in the hospital. There's no way I'm going to handle a whole beer by myself. And so he brings, so he shows up later and, you know, for a little bit of backstory, uh, yeah. uh, Bill is a retired pastor and he, uh, and he is, or was at the time of my hospitalization and still is a chaplain at Mayo Clinic. Yeah. And so on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, he shows up to, uh, make calls to all, uh, members of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod who are in the hospital and, you know, as I am one, uh, he would visit me on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Uh-huh. And uh, also being my dad, he would also bring me lunch. Uh, <laughs> you know, on those days, he'd go to Subway and bring me stuff. Well, um, you know, he, he came back later that night, and he had a, a beer, a Mickle of Golden, and two cups. <laughs> but when he, as soon as he walked in, he felt... Boy, I that was the was, beer, huh? Mickle yeah. That was yep. the one. I was going to yep. ask you, and you beat me too. Yep, yep. And I, I was going to, and I, yeah, I get this look of uneasiness on his face, so he did. And he said, I'm going to check on this. So he goes out of, the, out of the room for a few minutes, comes back with his hangdog look on his face. <laughs> and he says, well, I think we might be in trouble. Uh, they had to go check something. So I'm kind of lamenting in my hospital bed, you know, like, oh, I really wanted a beer. Yeah. Well, she comes, the nurse comes back with, in a few minutes later, with a piece of paper in one hand and a beer from the pharmacy in the other. Oh my gosh, I love this story. <laughs> the beer was actually another mint gold. <laughs> and, the, and the piece of paper was a printout of the doctor's orders. Oh my gosh. I had a daily prescription <laughs> for a beer a day. <laughs> oh man! Now That's I did not so partake great. in this every day, right? But but at least I would say three or four times a week during my but uh, during my stays, maybe two or three times a week, um, yeah. someone would bring me a beer. And oh, God, and, and most of the times it was Bill. I uh, had a couple of uh, my colleagues from uh, teaching. Um, we'd come by and bring one, and then, um, you know, I, then uh, uh, my my cousin Phil and Jamie and his sure. wife, and my cousin Phil and Jamie came, and they bring me a beer, so and they brought me a beer, so um, yeah, so I had some beer in the hospital. That is, and it is it's that's a fantastic. It's a fantastic story. That yeah, is, I could not love that more. <laughs> Yeah, and the funny thing is, I almost got in trouble with one of the nurses because uh, he was he came on to my um, onto my case a little later, mm-hmm. and so he wasn't aware of the whole beer uh, arrangement, and so he came because in it was one like time. a thing. It was like a thing at that point. Like everybody, it was kind of a thing. Everyone, yeah, 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 but they didn't tell him. They didn't tell. They didn't tell poor Ben. And so <laughs> Ben walks in. And I, you know, I have a beer and. Bill has a beer. He, kind of, he, he does it kind of. He looks at us and says, "Are you supposed to have that?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> I think that's what yeah. I said. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> Are you sure? Go ahead, check the check the notes. Check the nurses. I notes. got. I've got a. I've got a prescription, man. Yeah, I I, I got this covered, buddy. 
I'll go, go check notes. That is. And so he goes over and ah. he, he says, huh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just want to make sure messes up your meds. And I said, Ben, it's okay. It's all cool. Yeah, this has been going on for a while, so we're Chris, good. I just, I just want all you right. to know you're a story that Ben now tells. Like that, he for sure tells the story of the time that his patient was drinking a beer in the room and then he went and looked and the doctor's orders were like that. Yeah. He definitely tells that to people. For, well, the reason I, why they have the beer in the pharmacy, now I only got one beer in the pharmacy because that beer was rather expensive. Uh, it wasn't covered <laughs> by my insurance. Strangely enough. Oh, it wasn't. Oh. Yeah, surprise, weird. surprise. Um, but, you know, they have uh, people who suffer from alcoholism alcoholism and they don't want to go cold turkey oh okay so it's it's a it's a way to you know you know take care of the 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 you know the effects of going cold turkey by weaning yeah. them weaning them down not not recreation like mine was yeah <laughs> you know that brings so, a lot I, boy that okay that makes a lot of sense um and it does not detract at all from the awesomeness of that story, I feel. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, and the last thing is, uh, as an educator, mm-hmm. um, you are well-read, I assume. So what are you reading currently? And you can include comic books in this because I think we're embracing that. And then uh, what would you recommend people to read? Well, I uh, in my hospital stay, I was reading uh, some fan fiction uh, that one of my former colleagues wrote. Uh, it was it's a Batman story called The Dark Purpose. Okay. And um, and at the time that in which I finished it, it was it was itself unfinished. Um, and he's sending me the uh, the transcript for the remainder of the story. So I'm and I'm eerily anticipating that. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I had just finished um, some of the novelettes uh, from uh, the uh, from Episode 7, Star Wars Episode 7. Okay. Uh, three small, three little stories from uh, the point of view of Ray, uh, Poe, and Finn. Okay. That were pretty good. Um, and, I, and I think they do... Uh, for those who are uh, who are Star Wars fans, uh, they do give a very good uh, look into those characters that the movies don't provide, just for you know the sake of brevity. Yeah, I mean the movie's long by itself, um, but they you know they do go in. Doesn't more feel of a bit. doesn't feel long though. No, no it, yeah, it, does, it, it feel has long. a good pacing. Yeah. It does have a good pacing to it, um, but it, it goes, for example, into uh, you know, um, the, the backstory between, uh, Finn and the traitor stormtrooper. Oh, interesting. Is the okay. one who yells traitor, you know, when, yep. when they're on, nope. uh, I remember, and I am fascinated by the fact that somebody's written something about that. No, it, it's fantastic. They had, uh, this squad of four stormtroopers. Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, the, the, um, the blood on Finn's, uh, Helmet at the beginning of the movie is also, you know, also tied. Oh, yeah. It's also tied into that novelette. So I would look up that. Oh, um, that's, that's so rad. Yeah. And also uh, the story about Poe um, is uh, also tied very actually directly into the uh, into episode seven. I would watch um, a whole movie about Poe, by the way. You know, I, I think I needed him to be a little more fleshed out for me to really enjoy, uh, you know, into, to enjoy it. But I do see that next, the next episode eight, there's going to be a lot more of him. I and hope, I'm excited I to see desperately, that. I desperately hope there is. And, and part of my affinity for that character is because I really like that actor. Um, yeah. Oscar Isaacs. Yeah, I yeah. It, did you see um, Inside Lewin Davis? I have not. I've heard that's a very good movie. Yeah, I okay. So you've heard it's good, so I won't like beat it to death. I I cannot recommend it highly enough. And for people listening, um, 
that movie is really tremendously good. And there's a lot of really good music in it too. Uh, but he is fantastic in it. And that was really the first time I clued into the fact like, oh, this guy's a really good actor. And then I saw him, I saw that he got cast. You know, you remember when uh, we didn't know anything about episode seven and we were just like yep. digging for every little thing. I yep. was so excited when I saw that he was casting. I was like, that guy is very capable. Um, and also uh, Apocalypse in X-Men. So he's really crushing it. Yeah, yeah, I won't go. Like I said, I want to avoid spoilers. I won't get into. Uh, he wasn't phenomenal. I, 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 he, he wasn't. His performance in Apocalypse without ruining anything is fine. It's not like anything to write home about. But. Yeah, yeah, I, I would, I would say that. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, a number of people could have played uh, Apocalypse. Yeah. However, you know, going to the bite of strength of his acting. Not very few people could have pulled off Poe the way he did. Oh, I totally agree with that. Yep. Yeah. The bummer with Apocalypse is they had a great actor and they didn't really ask him to do much. That was the problem I had with it. I was like, well, oh, I think. No, go ahead. Good. Oh, my whole thing was just that he, um, I thought that he was, uh, he's a very capable actor and he was limited by the, what do I want to say? The scope of the yeah. writing. Oh yeah. Or the, <laughs> um, which might be telling of the movie, maybe. Um, yeah. But that just, he, he was capable of doing more than they asked him to do. I think. Well, and I think also th- there's not a lot of, Oh, there's not a lot of growth in his character. There's, I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, when you look at Magneto, you look at Mystique, you look at uh, Xavier. Those are yeah, all characters yeah. that have definite arcs. Yeah. When you look at Apocalypse, he's just the big bad. Yeah. And you know, there, there's not a lot of. I mean, the, the beauty of the, a great villain is that they don't see themselves as much. And while they try to pull that off with Apocalypse, you can't help but just say, well, he's just a big, he's just a big bad smurf. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with, with indiscernible powers. Yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway. That, um, which is, which is very unclear. And, and he has a very singular, singular want, which is mm-hmm. not tremendously interesting to watch somebody pursue. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, uh, but anyway, I, Chris, I cannot tell you how delightful it was to have you on the podcast. I really, well, I, you're, you're a very fascinating person. And somebody told me recently that uh, every good conversation should leave something for the next conversation. So well, I, I appreciate that. that, Chris. Well, thank yeah. you very much. And I, and I, I appreciate you inviting me to be on. I, 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 I feel it was a huge feather in my cap uh, oh. <laughs> to have this conversation. Please, please put it on your resume. That would I will. It. If you would, you were with me. Trick? Oh my goodness! Here's your yeah, yeah. Oh, that's the that's the uh, that's the uh, deal closer that you've been waiting for. Okay. Yeah. Um. I the before we sign off, I want you to be able to tell people where can they vote for you if it's not too late for the Runners World, um, cover. Oh, thank what you. That uh, happen? Yeah, yeah. If you, uh, I'm gonna actually try to. Uh, Let's see. If you go to runnersworld.com. Yep. So you go to runnersworld.com and you search for, and you click on the upper right corner, it's going to be a, a magnifying glass. Uh huh. Click on, I'm going to try cover search here. Um, and if you, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. About the 7th. Uh, result down. It says the enter the runner's world cover search. Okay. And if you click on that, um, you, you can view entries. And if you click on view entries, uh, you know, it gives a bunch of, uh, obviously different entries. Um, and it goes, uh, backwards. And so there are people, you know, like the last, the last one is, uh, uh, 653. And so, uh, you know, mine is number 600, 600, pretty easy to find. 
Yeah. So uh, you got a good number. number. Yeah, yeah. I, that was very fortunate. Uh, so you end up on six zero zero, and it's a picture of uh, of me showing uh, a bit of, well, not a bit of, a lot of the scarring or, or scarring and the uh, skin grafts because I figure, you know what, this is the reason why I'm doing it. Might as well show absolutely, what, absolutely what's going on. Yep. Yeah. So uh, takes a little bit of uh, clicking on the, uh, you know, clicking down to more, uh, you know, more results. But uh, if you do that, um, you will uh, eventually get down to my story. Yeah. So for everybody listening, if uh, you have now heard the story of Chris Gordon, and if you feel so led, we're not saying do it just because, but if you I feel will. led to do Please it. do it. Oh, no. Okay. I'm not shy. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, we are. I was shy before. I'm okay. like, you know what? If I'm going to have a chance of winning. I got to put myself out there. So. <laughs> Okay, so we are saying do that. Um, go to Runner's World uh, and follow the instructions uh, that Chris just laid out, and please go uh, cast your vote for him. And we will, with your permission, Chris, probably post a picture, that same picture, when I drop this episode, if that's okay. That'd be great, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Um for the end of the show, you can follow me on Twitter at Chris Petrick and you can, there's not, I mean, it's boring, but you can do it anyway. And you can, uh, like the show on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Chris Petcast is, uh, where you can find us. Give us a like. It's an easy way to share the show without people being my friend on Facebook. Uh, and you will see, Chris Gordon on there and we will post the link so that you can uh, easily find your way to uh, voting for him for the runners world cover, which I desperately hope happens because that is so cool. I'm going to go on and vote the second this podcast is over and I'm not going to vote uh, every day until the 20th. So, Oh, you can. Oh, it's not limited. Oh, so just, Oh wait, hang on. So it's one, once a day I can vote. Yes. Vote early, vote often. Once a day. So you can't just cast your vote once, like, like yeah. voting for Donald Trump. You can, just yeah, vote okay. for, you, can vote, you can vote once a day until, say it again, until what day? July 20th. July 20th. And this is going to drop tomorrow, which will be July 13th. So you have seven days. You have a whole week that you could be voting for Chris Gordon to be on the cover of Runner's World, a magazine that most of the listeners – have never read, I, I imagine. Um, That's a good one, though. So no, try it out. It's totally rad. And uh, Chris and I are both uh, distance runners, which we didn't even get into, shockingly. Um, but we will when you come back, because I Sounds really, really want to have you back on. Uh, again, the best conversations are the ones that lead something for the next time. And I think we left a lot of good stuff on the table. the power of love.
Make a wrong one right. Power and love will keep you home.